0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Travel Lounge Podcast with myself, Ed Finn. And myself, Sarah Slattery. We'll be coming to you every two weeks to discuss various travel topics and to open up the Travel Lounge to answer all your questions, which you can send to us at info at So today in the Travel Lounge, we are going to be talking about all the airlines who are now starting to commence flights in June and July from Ireland. There seems to be a bit of a shift change where people, where airlines are now starting middle of June instead of July. So we're we're going to get the inside track from Siobhan O'Donnell, the head of external communications at the DAA, and talk to Matt Tarrant, the commercial manager from Qatar Airways, who are starting back flying daily from the 13th of June. So pull up a comfy chair and help yourself to some refreshments and snacks. More mixed messages again this week, weekend. Yeah. Sure, what's new? But um, yeah, like instead of we all thought July was going to be the, the return dates, but now they've all, the airlines have gone and surprised us again and they're starting in the middle of June now. Emirates, Etihad, Qatar, all starting mid-June. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, these, they can't all be cargo flights, can they?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I never knew that there was so much cargo went from Ireland all over the world. It's fascinating, isn't it, what it yeah. is at the moment? But I know, I remember um, uh, hearing about certainly the Middle East airlines, Eastern like Qatar and a few others who will be chatting to later, that they bring serious amounts of cargo in and out, and from America as well. Of course, Sarah, as you know, um, America is still closed to all foreigners except American citizens. The same with Australia and New Zealand, I think, is opening up shortly again. But... Um, Yeah, what's strange there is, again, at the moment where we are now is... We have all the airlines coming back, and definitely, as you say, it can't. It's not just cargo, and it's not just repatriation. Of course not. I mean, they're kind of leading the way. And some we know, like the likes of Lufthansa, back again. You know, Finnair back in July. You know, Qatar Airways never stopped flying, um, as 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 a lot of other airlines didn't. Um, and Ryanair big push on. I mean, Ryanair advertising aggressively on all. Uh, radio stations. I'm everywhere I'm listening to the radio, I'm hearing the ads for nineteen ninety nine and different flights. So they're definitely not repatriation. Our cargoes there anyway. So No,
0: I know. It's fair and I was surprised to hear United Airlines and American Airlines starting back in July um, and no talk of the flight ban uh, being stopped. So that's a bit of a mystery as well. But I think I don't know about you, Ed, but I think the biggest um questions i'm getting at the moment and also i know we got a few questions into the travel lounge this week in fact if anybody wants to send us questions you can send them to info at the but the the biggest question i'm getting is what happens in july if the flights go and people don't want to travel um, what can they do And really, you know, unless if the government advice is still in place against non-essential travel, they may be able to claim on their travel insurance if they have travel insurance that has a government um, advisory in place or travel disruption cover. But otherwise, really, there's not a lot people can do bar maybe change their flights. But otherwise, you know, people are set to lose a lot of money if, if these flights go and the government advice is still there. It's 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 it. There, we there could be trouble ahead in July if if, if the advice doesn't change in the meantime.
1: Yeah, it's very strange because, I mean, I got an email from Ryanair to tell me a flight I had booked for Barcelona to Dublin. I was just the one way on the way back was cancelled and it gave me an option to change it or request a refund. Um, Now, I think that was a flight because I think there was three flights a day when I actually booked it, Sarah. So now there's probably not three flights, you know, Um, but it was interesting because... Um, I just think, you see what's happening in the UK now. Um, there's, I mean, the people are practically begging the government to, to change the quarantine because at, at at the start of things, it was you know the time to bring that in, I suppose, and it's just it's just hard to understand why they're doing it now. But I know APTA and. Um, the head of, uh, was it Premier or Hotels, I think they have 2,800 hotels, if I have the name right, he is saying that they are literally going to be on their knees and that unless, you know, that every all the safety protocols are being put in place and that it's just not making sense. Um, And, you know, I think the airline thing, Sarah, is a bit like Field of Dreams, if you remember that movie, you know, Build It and They Will Come. I think it seems to (laughs) me like Michael O'Leary is going down that road, you know, of like, let's just put all the flights out there and, you you know, we can't, it'll just happen. You know, he's just been, I think, hopefully optimistic and hopefully you know, it will be it will be right because the, nobody wants to see anything bad happening in terms of this virus. You know, I mean, hopefully it's going to run its course. And, you know, the antibody testing now is here. I'm sure you saw that. You can go to the Tropical Medical Bureau and have an antibody test done to see if you've had COVID. Um, they've got two, t- they'll have got 2 they have 2 tests that you can do different ones, which is really good. A lot of people very interested in that because they feel they may have had it, you know, and but these, again, are things you'd imagine that, you know, that, that like the Germans did a huge amount of. And in Germany, they tested so many people in the population. I mean, just kind of strange, Sarah, where we just don't seem to have the same uh, priority for the testing and stuff here that they do. You know, I just it, I never understand that.
0: No, and I I think I I agree with you completely. And I think the mixed messages it's it's really not fair on the government to, um, to allow airlines to fly, and allow the likes of Michael Leary to introduce all those flights, whatever about repatriation and cargo, but to allow holiday flights to start, um, and have government advice in place, and yet where and people will not get refunds if they don't want to travel. So the government, on one hand, is saying. You know, we don't want you to travel and advice against all non-essential travel. And on the the other hand, are letting airlines fly, Um, you know, like Ryanair. Like it's it's not the the person who is going to lose out here is the consumer who doesn't want to travel. And like Ryanair won't even let you change your flight uh, for free. That's gone now. So unless their flight is actually cancelled, you know, you you, Probably, you lose yeah, your money. Like you're you're paid to change it. So there there really needs to be you know some sort of you know to quote the Pat Dawson from the ITA some sort of joined up uh, thinking here. Like either take away the advice and and let the flights go or stop the flights. One or the other. But you know we shouldn't have both.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's actually just tormenting people in a way. I and mean, you see all these flights for nineteen ninety nine, and you know, I mean, a huge amount of stuff on offer at the moment, and um, people are going, like, well, what you know, and people are kind of thinking, oh well, I'm sure it's going to be okay, you know. I mean, it's it's you know, there's a kind of it's kind of creating a false sense of security around it, and um, I think that is going to be a problem. I mean, for me, I see there's so much being done in terms of um, say you know, safety on flights and wearing masks and, uh, you know, the Czech Republic who really brought in more or less compulsory mask wearing from the start, you know, you saw there, sir, last week where they opened up all their bars and pubs and again, a very low incidence of yeah. um, of of of, um, of infection. And then you hear people here as well, you know, from the, the health advisors saying, oh, well, you know, we're not sure about wearing masks, whether it does give you protection or not, you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I mean, you know, you'd be forgiven for thinking like who is driving the ship, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm i still hopeful that the, the, the advice will be changed uh, by July. I certainly don't think it will be by the 13th of June, but I do think um, when most of the airlines are back flying and when the holiday flights, I suppose, start again in July, you would hope that the... The um, government advice will change, but it's really uh, a matter of just holding on and see what happens. And hope yeah. maybe Siobhan um, from the DAA and Matt from Qatar will. Uh, will enlighten us to see what uh, what they think.
1: Where is your first, where are you off to? Have you got your first trip booked? Now, we can't talk about non-essential travel, but as travel journalists, we, every travel, all our travel is essential, isn't it? <laughs> the yeah, I, 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 the I'll,
0: I'll definitely be using work as an excuse, I can give tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to go and, and see what it's like for people, you know, see what the airports are like and see what, yeah, no, I'll definitely be using that one as an excuse. I can't wait to... Um, to, to travel again but no I, to be honest I'm looking forward to some staycations too I'll probably do a bit of a mixture of both um, this year I think
1: yeah no I'm very excited about some trips now I've got booked as well I think Kilkenny down to Lyra is my first Lyra at the state. Uh, I haven't been before I believe it's lovely and um, a few other bits so I'm really excited about at least getting to you know being able to travel again will be will be wonderful you know so that'll be super so listen we'll be back just uh, with our guests shortly after the break so on today's show, we're delighted to be joined by Matt Tarrant, the commercial manager for Qatar Airways in Ireland, and Siobhan O'Donnell, the head of external communications at the DAA in Dublin Airport. Guys, you're both very welcome to the show. Thanks a million for joining us. Matt. if we just want to start off with yourself first, I suppose. Um, Qatar Airways, unlike a lot of airlines, you, you kept flying through the crisis. Um, and I, I mean, I guess that do you feel, Matt, that that's going to give you an advantage over other airlines who are only implementing new protocols now when they're back flying again?
2: Uh, Ed, I believe it's going to give us uh, an advantage in certain aspects, especially when it comes to the safety uh, aspect. Um, There's been a lot of things all airlines have been learning on the run uh, as it goes, and it changes every single day almost. Each country opens up uh, different rules, protocols, visas, border control. So a lot of it's been a learning curve as we go. Um, I think it would give us a slight advantage. I mean, the airline platform will open up in a different format we've probably seen in the past, so we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But I think we've learnt a lot over the last – 11, 12 weeks.
1: You can see there that you have gone to pretty um, extensive measures in terms of hygiene and, you know, staff, what your staff, what they're going to be wearing on, on flights and, you know, in terms of when people are flying, there's going to be lots of stuff for them as well in terms of protective stuff and, you know, sanitizers and things. So, um you know, and I mean, also, I think that's going to reassure people a lot.
2: It is going to reassure people. Um, it, it's probably something that they're not used to seeing on board, especially for the business class where it's been a very relaxed atmosphere. But, I mean, the PPE suits for the cabin crew have been on board for several weeks now. Uh, they've introduced gloves, face masks. It's, it's a full PPE suit that they will be wearing over the top of their normal uniform. Uh, there's a lot of other places, things we've put in place as well. Uh, there's a reduced interaction when it comes to the food service. So in business class, for example, your meal would be prepared and brought down to you rather than being prepared in front of you as it normally would be. So there's a slight change, but it's still dying on demand in business class. As per normal, it's still a full service flight, um, but it will be with the full suit and the full gloves and the face mask, just to reassure everyone.
0: Yeah, Matt, that was the question I was going to ask you there. I had the pleasure of flying business class with Qatar a couple of years ago, and I still uh, go on about it I still think it was the best uh, business class I've ever experienced and I know you're you're voted uh, best business class uh, in the world as well last year at the World Airline Awards but that's one thing that I did wonder how how you were going to I loved that whole dine on demand and how you know your meals and drinks everything is is tailored to your individual requests so is is that going to is I mean, obviously, you've been flying through this. Like, how have people reacted to the changes? Do they, I suppose, they understand we're in unprecedented times? But do do you feel you're still able to give a similar standard of service, um, even though um, you know things are obviously will be different?
2: Absolutely, the the service is still very very similar. Uh, obviously, the way it is served is changed. And when it comes to the people who were flying home, uh, the repatriation, it was a a very different passenger to the normal. A lot of people were very happy just to be heading home in a time when there was very few airlines flying. Um, We saw an unprecedented number of tickets booked one way versus return tickets. Um, We had to put on extra flights alone just for Dublin to get people home, uh, working with the Department of Foreign Affairs. It was a big piece. So those people were probably less focused on their meal. They were probably more focused on getting home. Um, but the service is still very, very close to what it was before. dine on demand is still very much available. Um, it's just a little slight change in the way it's served.
0: Good, and and I see the um, in Doha in the airport some of the methods that are in, introduced these disinfectant robots and all sorts of um, interesting things going on over there. Do you know? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, yeah, the, I mean you can see them on YouTube if anyone wants to check them out. But there is mobile disinfection. Uh, Robots that just move around the airport to keep them clean. We've spaced the seats for the passengers where you sit down waiting to board. So there's one seat. Uh, every second seat is actually blocked off to keep the uh, social distancing for passengers. Uh, the, there's footmarks placed on the floor for so you, when you're queuing up to keep that social distancing. There's passenger thermal screening at all the points in the airport in Hamid uh, International Airport. So, again, just state-of-the-art everywhere you go uh, for that. Um, The boarding process has changed again as well to make sure that it's streamlined and smooth and to keep the uh, passengers' distance as best it possibly can be at all times. All the surfaces are diligently cleaned all the time throughout the day in the airport as well.
1: Javon, if we could just bring you in there. I think that if disinfectant robots were introduced into Dublin Airport, you might have a problem with the unions, would you? Um, I'm not sure about that. We certainly
3: have um, a problem with space because um, (laughs) social distancing is going to reduce our capacity significantly in the terminal buildings by about 70%. So that is going to be a challenge that we are currently looking at. Um, You know, it's been the strangest of times at the airport um, and it has been for everybody. And going up to the airport, I mean, I'm, I'm there 36 years and it's surreal being up there. It's sad. And, you know, the airport just stands for so much of every part of, of our lives. And it, it, it's, it's a showcase for Ireland, for Irish products. Um, when the airport's doing well, it's a good sign the economy is doing well. People are travelling for every reason you can think of in 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 the emotional state for for happy reasons for sad reasons um, to get away for holidays for resting you know it's just it it epitomizes and every part of our life is is showcased at the airport in some sense or other and um You know, what it's all about now in the future is restoring confidence, confidence for passengers, looking at that passenger experience from the time they book a flight uh, to coming to the airport, be it in the shuttle bus, in their car. What's that experience going to look like when they walk into the terminal building, the security experience? So we've got a team we are working on that very much um, behind the scenes, a huge amount of work going into that. Um, We've got over 9,500 pieces of COVID-related signage around the place in recent weeks particularly decals on the floor for social distancing um, the plexis uh, glass screens are are up uh, in the shops in preparation for people returning um we would be looking you know we're, we've been looking at various uh, sanitizing stations for people you know we've had the hydration stations where people can hydrate um but this will be for sanitization purposes so you know this all started obviously as as um the virus took hold here in the early days and we we moved very quickly to implement all these measures. So it's reinforcing those and it's building confidence for passengers. We're all more educated since this all started. Nobody can claim that they know nothing about this because you know there's it's been nothing but for the past 10 to 12 weeks. So everybody's more educated. And then there's also a personal responsibility on every one of us to do our bit to make sure that you know we social distance, that we do hide our We do use the the, the sanitisation stations around the place that we do the the cough etiquette. Um, All that's so hugely important still. So we're all very much more educated in that respect now.
1: Yeah, Siobhan, <clears throat> very interesting. I mean, I remember last year, uh, the year before last, coming through the airport in March, you know, and I mean, all the Irish dancers were there and, you know, it was such a great celebration. And coming over from London this year, I think it was the 11th of March I flew back in and it was like I came into another world, you know. um, Very interesting on that. I mean, you talk about personal responsibility there, Siobhan, as well. I mean, that story of the... Passenger that you know went for a test in Madrid last week, and then you know hadn't got his results, had got on the plane, uh, you know, and then everybody else had to be safe. I mean, these are these are the nightmares that really kind of you know we do not want to have happen. So I think you're absolutely right about people really you know it, it's it's very much a question now of 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 that idea, and the you know when when flights land, you know everybody will now gradually disembark. This idea of everyone jumping up, you know, it's going to be another a different. Um, plateau completely for us I guess but um, it's great to hear that you're doing all that stuff in the airport Siobhan just in terms of going to the airport now um, what do you think I mean would you say to people you know go out the night before and camp out or I like, guess two or four hours enough?
3: Well that's something that would be all part of our advice when um, travel resumes I mean, the tiktok said last Friday that he hopes their travel will resume later this year maybe even later in the summer um, and he also said that 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 response has been coordinated at a european wide level and the irish government has also said that people shouldn't book holidays yet but plans are in place um for when uh, they they should when it's safe to do so people will be advised to do that so that's really important to adhere to that information um for our part you know we we it's i think people will be very well used to us communicating when there's a crisis in place. So, you know, we're very active in our social media platforms um, and we're very proactive in getting out and and telling people. So that's something that we will be very much involved in um, getting the correct information so that people aren't confused in any way at all um, what they need to do when they come to the airport. So, you know, we will have very clear messaging in relation to that.
0: Siobhan, that's just really interesting what you say about uh, travel resuming, you know, late July or later on in the summer um, you know we were just talking to Matt there about you know their, Qatar are back flying daily from the 13th of June um, Emirates Etihad Turkish Airlines I'm probably leaving out more here uh, that I can't think of off the top of my head all back in June we obviously Lufthansa all know I about am. Mike. yeah we know about Michael O'Leary we've heard enough about him um, recently uh, about 40% flights back in July so like how uh, how do you see all this happening when, you know, are you, I, I assume, obviously, you know, you, all these flights are due to take off Dublin airport, Cork airport, you're going to have to be prepared for them. So how do you, how is that? How is it? There's just so many mixed messages, I think, from government yeah. at the moment. So we're all a little bit confused. But how do you feel, if, if, see things happening um, in July, for instance?
3: Okay, well, first of all, Sarah, the the clear advice from government is that um, unless your journey is absolutely essential, that you shouldn't travel and you should not book flights. And that is very clear and a very simple message. Now, um, Dublin Airport normally handles, um, at this time of the year, about between 100 and 115,000 passengers in and out in a day on about 700 700, 750 aircraft landing and taking off. Now currently today for example we had ninety flights. Now that's um it's it varies between sixty to ninety flights a day at the moment, um and between a thousand to this two thousand passengers in and out. But in that that two thousand passengers that's arriving and departing, for example, arriving um, would be an offer that's the expected number, but but the reality is, is that the actual number coming into the country is far lower than that because people just aren't turning up. They, they book these these seats long before. So I guess, um, you know, there, there are still people traveling, but they're only traveling for essential reasons because borders are still opening, only opening up in other countries and people are still trying to get home here. So that's still very much the case. Um, and... That, that that will continue for some time, but you know, the, the, as I said, the strong advice from the government is no no travel unless it's essential, and um, and ultimately the government is will decide in terms of when that will change and when that that will uh, travel proper will resume. So it's important to adhere, to adhere to that advice, but meanwhile we're we're planning and preparing and we're putting all the measures in place, and we will be communicating very shortly in relation to what passengers will need to do.
1: The 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 funny thing is, you know, Siobhan, you've got all these countries like Spain, Greece. Now I know the Greece, Greece are reviewing the Irish for I think the first of July. They're going to review it again if Irish people are going to be allowed in there without tests and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it's funny because the idea that you know we're getting this idea, Europe are saying the fifteenth of June not to travel until then, and then of course. Um, the airlines are all flying back in july again and people it's it's funny i mean the, the same argument is going on in the uk at the moment i mean there's a lot of companies travel companies that, that are just on their knees and, got, and saying like please you know like why are you doing this now quarantining when it should have been at the start so you'll forgive i suppose people we forgive people for like being confused and being wondering about it but i guess it's just a question of we just have to wait and see i guess until the end of june again or another few weeks
3: yes and the government said that they will they will come out and and um, give advice when those, you know, travel can be activated again when it's safe to do so. That—that's air travel in particular. And Heather Humphreys spoke at the weekend about the air bridges connecting to countries that are at a very similar level of uh, reduction in virus rate to us. Because the last thing you want to do—and Simon Harris was on on the record today—is saying the last thing you want to do is to to um, it's to to bring high levels of the virus back into the country again. So. So it's very much they're very much trying to manage manage it and keep it low so you know i guess people are frustrated and there are mixed messages out there but you know the clear advice from the government is not to travel unless it's absolutely essential and the sole purpose of that is to keep the virus re- if people if the virus can't travel if people aren't traveling is is the clear message that has also come from the health. Um, our health experts.
0: I totally hear what you're saying there, Siobhan, and I, I appreciate that. I think I just expected that, you know, possibly not June, but I, I, I did expect that that government advice or I suppose I maybe expect is probably the wrong word, but I hoped that that government advice would be lifted by July because there are a lot of people who are have holidays booked and can't cancel their holidays and are still planning on going on their holidays um, because these airlines are flying. So I think... A lot of people believe that 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 advice will be changed. But just listening to what you're saying, you you don't sound that confident. Well, the the Taoiseach and the Chief Medical Officer at the briefing on Friday said, don't book, don't go and book flights. Mm -hmm. So that's very clear. Yeah, I think it's more for people who have already booked though, who have, you know, I don't think anyone would probably be booking new flights, but for all the people who are booked and go to July and they... And that's the first bit of advice there. The second bit, if your travel
3: is absolutely necessary, is your travel absolutely necessary?
1: It's a second piece.
3: Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the question yeah, you have
1: yeah. to ask yourself. I mean, I, I've heard some people, uh, Sarah, I mean, just saying to, to, to Matt and Siobhan there as well, there are some people that are going to travel in July and self-isolate when they come back for... Um, two weeks. I guess that's their option to do that according to the current recommendations anyway. But I mean, I know what you're saying, Shivana, I'm not sure if that's essential travel or not, but I think some people, that's up to them, I guess. It's an individual choice.
3: Well, it's down to personal responsibility as well to self-isolate. Yeah. And this is also where the passenger locator form comes in, that uh, the, the, the public health passenger locator form that has been introduced by the health authorities and the Irish government in relation to people travelling at the minute so that they can follow up and ensure that people are in fact self-isolating. Look, I guess this this, this virus has all all caught us early on in, in in the year and it's so contagious and, and we know how deadly it can be um, and thankfully many people have also survived. Um, but we, we, we really have to do what's best for the country also nobody would like to get aviation back up and running than ourselves. It's something that we're, we're experts at and we've grown the airport hugely in the past 10 years in particular, since the recession. We've done a huge amount of work, my colleagues in our aviation marketing department and, you know, it really pains us to see it decimated in this way and mm,
1: of course. It, it
3: probably will be one of the last industries to come around in a in, in a meaningful way and that, that's often It's a huge concern for us. It's a huge concern for Matt and Qatar our airways we all want to get it back up and running as soon as we possibly can and we will all do it but we have to follow the guidelines in relation to it and that's really clear Yeah
1: absolutely I think think, um, the point there Siobhan I think a lot of people were just a little bit uh, bewildered by the fact that there was you know, demonstrations and marches going on around town for whatever good reason they were. Um, And, you know, I've seen so, like, kids and I've been cycling around and I've seen, like, it's as if there was no virus. So that's the worry, I think, you know, that some people are being very responsible, but a lot of other people just don't seem to be worried about it anymore. And hopefully, we're not going to get, that's not going to bite us, you know, on the asses they say again. Matt, on that, do you think that we're going to face, and what Shoshan is saying there, do you think we're going to face a situation like they're doing in other airports now um, in the Middle East and even in Greece where they're going to bring in testing?
2: I actually don't know whether they're looking to introduce that in the short term. I think we're doing everything we can possibly do in the stages that we've got in advanced screening. Um, aside from the individual test per person.
0: Sorry, um, Matt, just on that, is there temperature checks? And actually, maybe for both of you, Siobhan and Matt, is there any talk of temperature, just even um, not actual testing, but just temperature checks when you come to the airport?
2: There is in Doha, there's passenger temperature thermally screened, uh, sorry, thermal. Thermal temperature screening as they go through uh, immigration.
3: Yeah, Dublin Airport has been taking it's. We've been taking our advice from uh, the health experts um, and the government in relation to COVID nineteen, and we've been implementing, you know, the, the government's policies in relation to that, and we will continue to do so. So, you know, um, the EASA um, stroke ECDC. So EASA is the European Aviation Safety Agency, um, and the European Centre for Disease Control. They it says that if if national policy dictates that that should be the case so it's very much down to um, it'll be a government decision whether that should take place and then it would be health experts that would would need to do that and measures would have to be put in place but it's very much down um, to the government to make that decision and as we've done before we've implemented all government policies in relation to that at the airport and um, if if, if that's to be the case well then we, we will do what needs to be done but it's very much a government decision.
1: Yeah, very good, Siobhan. I mean, the 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 opening up of retail stores, I mean, the limited stuff we were talking about earlier, because, um, I mean, Dublin Airport has always been, I, I've always found it to be a super airport to go through. I, you know, it was like my second home and that I was out there two or three times a month flying off. And I, in fact, had a few trips booked for July now. Is it, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, shops and, you know, as, as things go on, Siobhan you know, the way the phases are coming like the, the bars will be opening now sort of, they're saying, with food, without food, stuff. that'll all be reflected out at the airport as well, I guess, will it?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, and retail is something that we're very passionate about. We are in uh, many countries worldwide in relation to our expertise in the retail area in particular. Um, something that we're looking at, we have the plexi screens are up at the tills. The decals are on the floor, looking at how customers are going to manoeuvre around the shop. Um, all the testi- testers have been removed. Um, passengers will no longer be able to have that experience, which is unfortunate because it is part of your retail travel experience once people go through security screening which can be quite stressful for people they kind of relax Then they take a deep breath in and they look at all the beautiful colors and the shops and and um you know that invite them in to to you know to impulse buy and to, to get what they normally get and um, so that that experience is going to be very different so you know we're working to see how we can ensure that the passenger experience, you know, will be a good one when they go through because we're very passionate about that whole passenger experience from walking into the front door of the terminal to um, exiting at the back door, you know, that there's a quality experience in between.
0: It actually could be a, a nice place to shop. Looking at the the queues today, <laughs> and it could be a nice place to do a little bit of shopping before you fly, actually. Uh, more <laughs> so, it could be quite, uh, and especially if you're going to the airport early, and you're doing all, you know, and people have time. Uh, possibly the the uh, the retail shops that 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 could be a, a different kind of experience. People probably won't be rushing through the airport as they usually are. Yeah, and and probably um,
3: purchasing and collecting on return will will maybe feature more. Uh, so yeah. in, terms of, in terms of that, and of course the food you mentioned, the food and beverage there. Yes, all the food and beverage our our are concession areas will all all have. Um, all all the necessary pieces in place for for when passengers return, you know, all the the social distancing. I mean, we've we've already, we had already started all this at at the outset and, um, you know, ensuring that the airport is well sanitised and cleaned, you know, it's it's instilling that confidence for people and passengers as they're coming through the airport. It's all about, it's all about building confidence back up for passengers returning back to to travelling again
1: yeah matt i suppose um just to back to you there again in terms of airline stuff i i mean i i'm old enough to remember when people used to smoke on flights you know um imagine and uh going yeah. to and we we all got used to you know after 9 11. Yeah, having you know um, everything measured and shoes off and liquids out. So, guys, is this just going to be? Is this just going to be another thing now that we're just going to have to get used to? And you know, um, we're just going to have to to live with it as as things go forward. I guess if we're if we're going to if we're going to you know progress at all,
2: I think certainly in the short term, um, no one knows how the future will look. Um, but absolutely in the short term, as per what Siobhan was saying, you know, we all have our personal responsibilities as well as an airline responsibility in making sure we keep everyone safe. So for the short term, it is going to be the norm. Um, I mean, the cost of changing Hamad International Airport to be at the stage it has, I mean, they've even implemented uh, ultraviolet tunnels to disinfect the luggage as they go through. There's a huge cost in that. But that's, again, it's a responsibility to keep everyone safe. And if that's what's needed, that's what's needed.
3: We've gone through so many um, different events in the airport's history over time, and because we're an island nation, we so much depend on connectivity. You know, we've Irish diaspora spread right across the world. It's it's in our DNA to travel. Um, so, you know, we it won't deter us in any way, shape, or form. We love to Irish people love to travel, and um, we travel four to five times more than our European counterparts, which is hardly surprising, Um, and we will continue to do so. It might take some time to come back. Last year, we had a record year with 32.9 million passengers, and that was absolutely fantastic. And sadly, we'll have a record year this year, but for the opposite reasons. Um, but it will come around. It always does. Um, and we will continue to work hard to get it back to where it was in time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right about that, Siobhan. The, I mean, Irish people, as you know, we we definitely, I mean, it's something that we, it's in our DNA. Um, uh, absolutely. And I think that we will definitely come back. And I think the fear, one, you know, one thing, I mean, you know, people are talking about, you know, worry about flying, and I think once people once people experience it and see all the protocols that are put in place, I think you know again, it, once confidence is restored, it'll just take a bit of time, I guess, for that to happen.
3: Yeah, I think we rise to the challenge and we have done in the past. And, you know, it does bring out um, the innovative side of us uh, as people. You have to find new and innovative ways of doing business and and, and doing things. And um, that's not a bad thing either. Uh, but we do, we, we very much, we miss our passengers and we want them back.
1: Yeah, of course, Siobhan, And just on that, you know, obviously we're called the travel lounge here. The podcast um, is the the lounges will all be will they be all open or are they open? Sorry, I'm not sure. I didn't ask about that at the moment. Will they be sort of social distancing there as well? Or What's the position on that?
3: Yeah, they're all closed. They've been closed since mid March, and yeah. again, they would they they are being adapted also um, for for return to business.
1: Yeah, cool. Because that's always quite a nice thing to do if you have a bit of time to go out and relax there. So they'll probably be opening in line with the different, I presume they'll be under the different phases as well coming up in the next few months then. Yeah, exactly. I
0: was just curious to know, Matt, if you agreed with Siobhan on the, with regard to the flights in July, because obviously if you're going daily from the 13th of June, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's not all going to be for non-essential travel. I assume, you're, you, you you know, you're, you have bookings or passengers who are going for different reasons. It's just like a daily flight from the 13th of June. It just seems, I know we're talking about mixed messages and that, but like, but what's your feeling on it, uh, even from a personal point of view, if not from the official Qatar Airways line? Just curious to know what, what you feel um, is, is it travel, whether things will be lifted in July or whether we'll be traveling.
2: Uh, whether things will be lifted in July, even from an Irish, Irish perspective, is uh, an unknown entity. It's, as I said, it changes quite rapidly, um, but it's also on the borders of destinations to travel to, whether it's a non-essential or essential travel and how you deem that as a person individually. Um, there's also a lot of restrictions. For example, you can't enter Australia at the moment unless you are a citizen or a permanent resident you cannot enter that's just the way it is and many countries have this in place so the reason we've gone daily in june is a mixture of people returning home repatriation as well as cargo um it's a mixed demand for us um and we feel it's the right time and it, it is it's certainly working for us at the moment the demand in July we will have to wait and see as to other airlines their responses their own actions uh for the european market that's not, my, uh, that's not my remit, so I'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But July seems to be where everyone's looking at the moment. I, it'll be interesting to see. At the moment, we will be daily and we'll be monitoring it closely on uh, performance.
3: Just to pick up on what Matt said there, um, it's the same for anybody traveling into the US. It's only US citizens are being accepted into the US at the moment. Now, Arlingus has three flights into the US, uh, Boston, Chicago, and um, New York. Uh, but predominantly, um, the, it's, it's mostly belly hold cargo that's, that's going through um, on those flights at the moment. And the other, we have seven airlines operating at the airport at the minute. Um, to a very limited number of destinations, a very small number of destinations. And again, handful of people on those flights and really they're traveling because they're being repatriated, they're, they're, they're getting home. Borders have been closed in other countries, so that, that's why people are still traveling. But again, there, there are very few people traveling.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, I was, I was looking at that, Javon, and as well as that, I mean, I suppose, I mean, the likes of, I mean, it's hard when you see, you know, like Apt in the UK now at the moment, with the, they're really trying to get this quarantine reduced. Um, I mean, Ryanair putting on all the flights in July, I suppose in a way they're also, you know, it being commercial, trying to drive uh, things as well by doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it'll just, it'll depend very much. I should look on the, on the, on the health issues and really where we're at in a few weeks time I guess and as you said I mean it's funny Siobhan like when we say the words Cheltenham and you know Italian rugby you know you think about a few weeks you know a few months ago what were we thinking what were people thinking you know when you think about it now you know.
3: I know it's easy in hindsight when you look back and you know when we saw this virus uh, surface in China we never thought it was going to come our way and even when we saw it in italy we still didn't think it was coming our way but my gosh they have really suffered and we have they have helped us to keep our numbers down because of we've we've seen what happened there but unfortunately those events like cheltenham and um, you know th- th- there was a Liverpool match also. Um, I think against Real Madrid. We're all more educated now. There's no doubt about it. So you know it's it's a personal responsibility on all of us to keep those numbers as low as we can, and that's I think the key.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, Siobhan. Now that the twenty are now that I can travel anywhere in Dublin. I mean, I miss the airport so much. I think I'm just going to get a taxi out and have a coffee there next week. Just to...
3: Well, if you do that, <laughs> you like, have a socially distant coffee. <laughs> I'm only oh, the road to Malahide and I can be there in jig time.
1: Yeah, that would be wonderful. It would absolutely be nice to do it. And Matt, if I could get my hands on one of those disinfectant robots for the bathrooms <laughs> here as well. Um, I don't know. Are they very expensive, are they?
2: I'd <laughs> say they're cheap. not the cheapest item out there. I wouldn't mind my one myself.
1: Qatar uh, Airways, <laughs> I'll never forget. I flew back from Cape Town with them in 2008 when I was coming home to Ireland after my time staying there and they gave me 80 kilos luggage so I think they're one of the best airlines <laughs> ever <laughs> <laughs> and you brought 81 kilos home <laughs> can't say enough about them anyway
2: appreciate
1: it listen thank you so much for joining us today right Siobhan thank it's you so pleasure. much and uh, Matt thank you as well and listen we should, we'll should we we'll keep we'll, we'll keep watching and keep watch this, yeah, space, we this. Watch space yeah that's it
2: thanks that's very it. much for having no, us no Sarah
1: For listening to the Travel Lounge Podcast with myself Ed Finn.
0: And myself, Sarah Slattery.
1: Edited and produced by our award-nominated producer, Martin Flannery.
0: You can follow Ed on at edfin travel and myself, Sarah, on at travel expert underscore IE on Twitter. And you can contact us with your travel question to infotravelounge.ie.
1: So please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's available on all podcast platforms. And you can leave a nice review as well. All the best. Bye.